You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unhacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour or so, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thanks so much for being with us. For those of you watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, so glad to have you here. Thanks to everyone that listens to the podcast later on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you find your podcasts. It is a fun Monday to be with you as we gear up for the NFL draft that begins on Thursday. The NBA playoffs are heating up. I'll let you know what I'm convinced of in just a moment in regards to the NBA playoffs. Today's Unpack This Topic is all about trading up for a quarterback. We're going to look back at different quarterbacks over the years that have been traded up for or teams traded up to go get them. How did those turn out? Some of the good ones, some of the bad ones, and uh, we'll have some fun with that. And then we'll also look at how that translates to our own lives and a spiritual lesson that we could be encouraged by today, as we always do with Unpack This. And we'll also talk a little college basketball today because a big-time coach retired, which I find to be just huge news. And then also, a number of college basketball players are surprisingly staying, and then a couple are surprisingly leaving to go to the NBA. So uh, so a lot to get to, and big news in baseball, a, a huge accomplishment that, that we want to discuss as well. Luke is here. Henry is here. Make sure you jump on the chat with Henry. Uh, he'll he'll respond and and we'll read some of your comments uh, throughout the show as they fit in. Uh, we want to know what you're convinced of, so leave your comments uh, in regards to that as well. Those of you listening to the podcast later, always love hearing from you. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Let us know uh, what you think about the show and, and any uh, feedback on different topics as well. We are brought to you by MetaShare. My wife and I, we've been MetaShare members for a number of years and encourage you to check out if MetaShare is the right fit for you and your family. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And they've been around for over 25 years. And you can find out more information on MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. Luke, great to be with you. I know uh, you're loving this time of, of the year with the NBA playoffs. We got the draft on Thursday. But before we jump into that, I got to tell you about my weekend. But how are you doing? <clears throat> well, I'm doing great. You know, I just made a tremendous iced coffee and a new coffee brewer I have called the Clever Dripper. So, Fancy. uh you know, I'm, I'm getting into it. I've got some friends who are diehard coffee fans, and they're uh, opening my eyes 
to some different ways to make coffee. But I, I'm a traditionalist. You are. You are. Got a pot of coffee. I pour myself a pot of coffee every day. Get the Folgers. All about the Folgers. Or Folgers. I've stepped it up just just a hair, just a hair. I used to do the Folgers, but once I got married, I had to I had to stop doing the Folgers. But gotcha. Still the best part of waking up. (laughs) Folgers in your cup. True. I here's the thing. I'm excited to hear about your weekend. You've got the App State shirt on. You know, Mm. we just had Clay Helton on the show. Georgia Southern's head coach, and he got the App State stuff on in the background, which was a risky move, but it worked out. He he understood. Uh, so I'm excited to hear about the weekend that was filled with Mountaineer festivities. That's right. So this past weekend, I went up to Boone, North Carolina with my wife, and we celebrated the college radio station that I was on for four years, 50-year anniversary. And, and so big dinner and celebration. We actually got to go over to the new stadium. Uh, well, we have the same stadium, but a new building and, and kind of renovations for our football stadium. But they have this area for, for festivities and dinner and all that kind of thing. So we had an absolute blast. And, you know, I'm so thankful to be able to do the Unpacking It podcast. And I got my start, you know, in radio in college. And, and to get the, the reps that I got, the experience, the opportunities, it was huge. And so... I had the opportunity to be up there, and then actually I was one of the, the, the alums that spoke during the dinner, and, and so that was really special for me to be able to, to reminisce and, and, and talk about the impact that WASU had on, on me and, and all that, and then got to tell them about unpacking it um, and tell, tell about you know, really how God's worked in my life. And, and so it was a cool, cool opportunity from that standpoint as well, uh, so, so appreciated that. The story I want to share, though, happened all after all of the the fun and the celebrating and all of that so i wake up on sunday morning and we stayed at a hotel my wife and i which was nice my two daughters one stayed with one in-law one stayed with the other in-laws and and so it worked out worked out really well and our first time uh away from our eight-month-old so that was a big big deal but thankfully everybody was good we're all we're all set so i wake up and the hotel offers you know, the nice continental breakfast, right? You come down, yeah. the included breakfast. I'm not going to call it a free breakfast, the included <laughs> breakfast. Well, you know, every every week you see me on this show, and occasionally I'll wear a hat, but for the most part, I, I put gel in my hair and try to look look nice for this, this podcast, right? Yeah. And sat, Saturday night, I had a suit on, wore a tie, did my hair, was feeling good, right? So Sunday morning at Continental Bre- the Continental Breakfast, I just rolled out of bed. I had my jammies no. on, had my, my T-shirt on, oh. no hat, no hair gel, bedhead. <laughs> and so I'm walking around the Continental Breakfast. I'm proud. I'm feeling good. I'm up here celebrating my, my college radio station. You know, got a lot of love the night before just with the congratulations and way to go, Bryce, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It was fun. I was feeling good. And, and so I don't, I don't care what my hair looked like. I didn't care what I was wearing. And I'm walking back to my seat with a nice plate of, I got a, a waffle that has a, an, an app A on the oh, waffle that's, that's imprinted that's in the waffle. Time. Got, you know, the, 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 the little omelets that were frozen and then they heated them up and those are pretty delicious. <laughs> I got this great plate. And I walk by this couple that's sitting there eating their little breakfast as, as well. And you know how when people get to a certain age, they are willing to say whatever's on their mind and they probably don't have great hearing and they don't know how loud they are. Mm. So I walk by and this all of a sudden on the corner of my eye and, and ear, 
I hear the lady go, this guy's quite a character. (laughs) 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 To to, to her defense. To her her defense, if she, if someone was not at the event the night prior and seeing you congratulated, anyone who looks at you and see, let me just preface this. Your bedhead (laughs) is perhaps the most outrageous of any human on this earth. When you don't fix your hair and you wear no hat (laughs) and the mic goes, as my mic falls, there's a picture. You sent me a picture of you and one of your daughters and you had not made your hair, your hair goes straight up. Straight up. It's not just a few pieces. The entire hair, like you just got out of a convertible going 70 (laughs) down the highway. So if someone sees you and doesn't know you, and you're in your PJs, everyone's got to think, man, this guy's really letting himself go. So to her defense, it probably looked outrageous what you appeared and I was absolutely my, my poor wife, Jody's and, you know, embarrassed by me. Actually, she didn't give me too hard of a time, but anyway, I'm walking around <laughs> and, and people are noticing how weird I am and they're looking at me funny. And you know what I do? You know what I do? I kill them with kindness. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Top of the morning to you. What's up? Yeah. But my, my, my life quandary for us today is <laughs> what would you do? If you heard somebody make a comment mm. about you that wasn't very nice. Hey, look at this funny guy. Who's this funny guy? Who's this? Look at this character. Oh, this guy's quite the character over here. And it, do, I, do I acknowledge that I, he- I heard you? I heard what you said. Yeah, I am a character. What do you want to do about it? No, of course not. But this is like an older lady. The funny thing is she's wearing like a ridiculous shirt, like a flowery, outrageous shirt. And I, yeah. Who are you to say anything about my crazy hair? <laughs> You're out in public with this shirt. You get out of here with that. So has anybody, so I, I want to hear from the listeners. Have you ever overheard somebody say something about your hair, what you were wearing? What if they said something about your, your kid or your spouse or something? How do you respond? Now, of course, I want to respond in a loving Christ-like way, but the, <laughs> we'll throw the life quandary out there just as a, as a fun, as a fun topic today. So it was a it was a, a funny time for me. So this this lady was not part of the no 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 radio no. Just, alumni you know, just at, a, at, at the hotel, a bunch of random people eating breakfast. The only thing you have to do to turn it back on them is just acknowledge that you heard them, because <laughs> she obviously was trying to get away with saying she did not want you to hear that. So it's not even that you have to dish back a roast. All you have to do is just acknowledge, and then complete frenzy. Then they would be, um, uh, oh, oh, sorry, what? And then they would be extremely terrified that, oh, my gosh, this person heard me. That's so right. I think then they, they're embarrassed. The, the no-brainer is just, excuse me, what? Just acknowledge. And then, yeah, I don't know. That, that's, that's fascinating. I will have to defend her, though. She had every reason to say that. It's it fair. was a little loud, but I know what your bedhead looks like. And then to, to combine it with the attire that you walk down to Continental Breakfast – it's bold. That's, con- that's bold oh, confidence right here's there. Here's the other ridiculous thing. So I only brought nice shoes. <laughs> so I, I did not bring any slippers oh. or like casual shoes. So I am wearing pajamas with nicer shoes. <laughs> oh how ridiculous that is too. So <laughs> it's no wonder that, uh, that somebody had to say, look at this character. So 
there you go. I mean, you really let yourself go that morning. Yeah. You, the, the the cherry on top would have been your App State tie that you rocked the <laughs> night before. I remember, I saw that picture on Facebook. I'm like, wow, this guy. Did All everyone good. rock the tie, or did you go hardcore App State fandom and rock the App State tie? Because you had the there pin would... in the suit, the App State tie. Oh, man, this guy means business. He's going you all in this it. weekend. You better believe it. I wore the yellow button down that I used to wear when I called games at app. So wow. 15 years later or more, how many years has it been since 2009? But, um, but yeah, so that, that I wore that too. So I represented, but go app, go WASU fun weekend away. So I, I was not able to watch as much, you know, of the, the festivities in regards to the NBA playoffs as I would have maybe, you know, liked on a normal weekend. However, Let's jump into what I'm convinced of and, and want to hear what you're convinced of as a listener today as well. Uh, we'll get to the NFL draft in, in a moment, but I'm convinced the NBA playoffs are totally unpredictable. They're still way up in the air and no 3-1, no 2-0, no lead is safe in these NBA playoffs. It is You've got to close out games because the, uh, the the gap between any of these teams is very small. And what we've already seen is top players can get injured. And for some teams like the Suns, it's going to affect them in a big way. They have now opened the door for the Pelicans to actually win this series. I mean, the Suns are championship, not, not just getting to the championship. It's winning the championship or bust. And yep. now they're staring at a, a tied series yeah. with a hot Pelican team mm-hmm. rolling, being led by Brandon Ingram, and they're without Devin Booker, the Suns are. And now the Bucks without Chris Middleton, they're just rolling. But Chicago, they might be a little banged up with Alex Caruso. So now the, the Raptors got back into the series after Joel Embiid, Joel, Joel Embiid is a little banged up. The Warriors, they let the Nuggets have a big game yesterday. I actually did catch that one and was surprised that the Warriors allowed the Nuggets to, to hang on to that because they, they, the Warriors put together a nice comeback, made it interesting, took the lead at the end, but then the, the Nuggets pulled away, and now the, the Nuggets are back in that, that series as well. And we've seen with the Warriors, they've, they've had plenty of injury issues. They're healthy at the moment, but again, I'm convinced. No lead is safe. You can't let these teams sneak back in. I'll let you jump in with your Dallas Mavs. Luka yeah. being out, got, got yourself back in the series thanks to Jalen Brunson. Uh, but now it's uh, it's uh, it's still up in the air. Well, yeah, truly no lead is safe. Mavs go up 2-1 in the series with no Luka. Luka returns, scores 30 points, and they lose. Like what? That doesn't make sense. The opposite should have happened. So now it's 2-2. Two two, two. Um, now it's a, essentially a best-of-three series, Dallas with home court advantage. I'm feeling good. I'm hoping for a playoff series win for the first time in a decade. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So Dalton on Facebook commented, our buddy Dalton, part of the Unpacking It community, he's convinced Ben Simmons is done as an NBA basketball player. And I just want to throw it to you because prior to the show, we were discussing the Nets and Ben Simmons. And I feel like you are, not feel like, you are passionate about Ben Simmons and his career as a basketball player. So I just want, I want you to respond to that. So, so Dalton's, Dalton's vague, just saying Ben Simmons, it's it's over. I, I'll, I'll make it very clear. Ben Simmons should retire from the from the NBA. <laughs> just retire. Listen, we don't know what the extent of the 
you know, personal issues that he has and all that. I'm not going to speculate or whatever, but for whatever reason, his, his health, physical, mental, emotional, all of it has not allowed him to play basketball yet. He's made millions of dollars. So if he can't play, then he needs to retire. And, and, and I, I, there's just no indication that he really wants to play basketball because it looked like he was going to play game four. Now he's not. And, and so go get healthy, go, go pursue another career because basketball, it just isn't, it's just not happening for Ben Simmons. So why deal with the pressure and, and all that, that comes along with it? Just move on. You've made your money. You've been paid for not playing. You've been paid not to shoot. You've been paid not to win. And, and so, you know, even going back to his time at, at LSU, it just, it, it's not very convincing that he loves basketball, that he wants to be out there. So just retire. And, and I'll even add this, Kyrie Irving, you might as well retire too. <laughs> it's over. You're never going to win without LeBron. You, you don't really love basketball either. You're an unbelievable player. I mean, what he's able to do and his skills, it's remarkable. But go, go film Uncle Drew too. It's, <laughs> Uncle Drew is the best thing you've ever done. Amen. Amen. Is there anything else you've done on the, on the court? It just hasn't amount, amounted to much outside of the, the one big run with LeBron James. And so I, I do feel bad for Steve Nash with, with the Nets oh, because, yeah. I mean, in some ways he took like a really easy job on paper. Because that was the expectation. Like, if the Nets win, is it because of Steve Nash? Well, they're so talented. And True. now it's, man, if the Nets win, Steve Nash is coach of the year. <laughs> I know. So it doesn't look like he's going to survive. I, I'm convinced they'll be swept. I guess they play tonight. So those that listen to the podcast on Tuesday, you'll know the outcome. But, but my, my guess is it's over tonight. I, I, I think they'll, they'll be swept. So, yep. um, they're not, I just don't think they're going to gear up enough to, to, to put together even one win. I just don't think that's the type of team they are. It's not how they're playing. Boston, how about, I mean, then to get Robert Williams back, this team is yeah. a team. They play yep. defense. They play hard. They play for one another. It's night and day. You're seeing it in the series, the Celtics and the Nets. You want to be like the Celtics. You don't want to be like the Nets. That's the bottom line. And you look at teams, even like Minnesota, Memphis, more along the lines of Boston, um, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. These are teams that are teams. They play for one another. And the, the Nets, it's all about individual you know, skills, talents, feelings. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's tough. It is, it's, it's a craziness. Up so let me ask you this. How are you feeling about taking – the Warriors, Bucks, and Suns against the field. Devin Booker's going to return. Um, but with a team like Boston, Boston can win a championship. And totally I, agree. And I love that we can say that because we've moved out of the super team era. Like, this is way better for basketball fans. You're talking about convinced that we're not sure how series are going to play out. That's so good as basketball fans. It, the best players are uh, are more spread out. They're not all on the same teams. So Boston, Jason Tatum, Sixers, Embiid, the Suns, Booker, the Bucks, Jan, all all these all the best players in the NBA are spread out. And there's a good amount of teams who can win it all. We're at, again. We've, I don't want to over harp on this, but I'm just it was. 
it was not fun to watch playoff basketball in the height of the super team era. And now it's great that the super team in the Brooklyn Nets are going to get swept by a non-super team that you just said plays tremendous team basketball. So as a sports fan, that makes me very happy. Absolutely. But I still think the Bucks or Warriors will win it all. So I'll even, you can even take out the Suns. I'm still, I still think it's the Bucks or Warriors. So, hmm. but all of these series are still so wide open, Definitely. which is, which is great. I mean, the other night when Memphis came back from, from 26 down, that, yeah. that, that almost could have just ended the Timberwolves emotionally. Yeah. Like they could have been done, but then they bounced back. And now that series is that's tied two two, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think I think that that series could go seven, which is great. And then, you know, even now, I still think the Bucks probably take care of business with, with Chicago. But I think Philly, Toronto, the, the, the door is cracked open for yeah. sure. And then, and then the second round series are going to be even better. Yeah. Oh, Sets I, just, up I can't cool. wait, man. Absolutely. Well, we'd love to know your thoughts. You can leave a comment. Let us know what you're convinced of today. But I do want to get into the NFL draft, and I can't find the screw for my microphone. So I am having to hold my microphone. So those are you held mic day. Podcast, if you If um, you have the luxury of watching – the live stream or going back and watching the YouTube recording, you, you get to see Bryce struggle. Yeah. <laughs> struggle is one way to say it. What a it, character. And if you are a loyal listener, this is not the first time. Uh, it seems to be a 50% chance every show that Bryce's mic explodes off of the arm I, and I, it I'm becomes a handheld mic, a studio mic into a handheld mic. So this, this has become a routine occurrence. This isn't like an amateur hour microphone either. This is like a legit mic and mic oh, yeah. and I, I don't understand it. So it's so it is Shannon, flown off. Shannon just commented on Facebook. We should have a mic compilation. Absolutely. <laughs> After the show, I'm going to go back and have to put together clips. All the times mid sentence, Bryce's microphone has just gone berserk. And my response, my my shock and and disbelief it's uh it's rough but but anyway we'll, we'll, we'll plow through we'll keep it rolling and i can talk even closer to it how about that i can move That's it around right. have a big old time <laughs> so the nfl draft on thursday i'm fired up because my panthers are drafting in the top 10 sixth overall curious to see if they they go with a quarterback i, I did turn the panthers light on in the studio there's a little bit of hope Ooh, this week draft. there's a glimmer the light's back on i turned it off midway through last season when uh when it was the end of <laughs> sam darnold but now darnold's back allegedly until uh, we, we see what happens on Thursday. But I want to go back in and, and kind of take a look at the NFL draft over the years. And, and one thing that jumps out that I think we'll be looking for on Thursday as well is that so many teams trade up to go grab a quarterback. This mm-hmm. has been a trend that we saw last year. 49ers traded up to get Trey Lance. The Bears traded up to get Justin Fields. And who will be that team this year? Who really buys into Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, um, Sam Howell? Does anybody buy into those guys? And it may not even be early in the first round. Maybe it's later in the first round. Maybe somebody trades up in the second round. So it could happen at different times throughout the draft. But will that happen? We'll keep an eye out for it. Now, over the years, besides the two that I already mentioned, 29 other times a team has traded up to get a quarterback. And, and I think actually specifically in the first round. And, and so, you know, you, you think about when a team does their scouting, 
and they go, this is the guy we want. We're going to do whatever it takes to get that guy. We don't want to miss out on him. We mm-hmm. want to put ourselves in position to select that guy. He's their guy. And so they do it. So the Chiefs, they traded three picks for Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens traded Man. three picks for Lamar Jackson. The Bills sent three picks to Tampa Bay so they could take Josh Allen. Those are three of your top seven quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So it has worked. It is, it is worth it when you, you go get your guy and it, you know, it's, it's nice when those, those three guys are good examples of that. Now, on the flip side, we've seen plenty of teams that have traded up for a quarterback and the guy didn't live up to the hype. He didn't fulfill the expectations and the mistake of going after that, that player and pursuing that player, it proved to be very costly. All right, here's some examples. We'll start with Cleveland. They did it for Johnny Manziel. They mm. did it for Brady Quinn. Neither oh. one of those guys panned out. Brandon Whedon? I wonder if they traded up for Brandon Whedon. Dallas Cowboys, great. So. I don't think. I think they just drafted him. But then they actually traded with the Eagles. So the Eagles, they gave up a first, second, and third rounder to the Browns so they could move up six spots to get Carson Wentz. And also on a side note, I was doing, doing the research, I had forgotten that the Texans traded up to get Deshaun Watson yep. from Cleveland. And now Cleveland has, has gotten him. Oh, I didn't realize totally, that. I, I did not realize that. So wow. that, that, that's a, a, a crazy twist to all of this. Huh. Um, but then also, you know, in recent years, we saw the Packers trade up for Jordan Love. So far, that seems to, to be a mistake. Uh, <laughs> the Jets, they moved up to get Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold. They did that as well. Jaguars made a move for Blaine Gabbert. Washington traded so much for Robert Griffin III. Denver gave up three picks for Tim Tebow. The Rams traded traded six picks for Jared Goff, and the Bears traded five picks for Mitchell Trubisky. So there you go. Those are the examples that did not work. And now some of those players provided a few highlights. Tebow got a playoff win. Yeah. Uh, Trubisky, you know, a couple, couple moments here or Sanchez there. Sanchez and the Jets went to an AFC championship game. Yeah. So a few moments, but ultimately they weren't real franchise quarterbacks that a team could trust and rely on for the long haul. And so here on Unpacking It, we take sports stories, we relate them to the Bible, we, we relate them to our own lives. Uh, we, we put it out as a, in, in devotional form as well that, that goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday through email. Uh, so many of you may have already read this this devotional, uh, but we enjoy unpacking it a little bit more on the show as well. And and so the question for us today is, what are we, quote unquote, trading up for in our own lives? Are, are we willing to give up whatever's necessary to follow Jesus and select him above all else? Are we giving up the sins of this world to trade up for everything God offers us through his son, Jesus? Are we willing to pay a heavy price to move up and choose Jesus because we know he saves us and he makes us better? When we truly believe that Jesus is the quote-unquote right guy, we know it's worth trading quote-unquote significant draft capital such as money, success, power, lust, in order to have him. So Jesus tells us in in Matthew, he gives us this this example and parable. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. He also says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. And so just like the example we use today, if you feel, if, if, if you feel like Patrick Mahomes is, is worth it, you trade everything, whatever it takes to go get Patrick Mahomes. And, and so that's, that's what we want to, to do in our own lives. Now, on the flip side, many people are pursuing the wrong quarterback. Johnny Manziel, Blaine Gabbert, and what they traded up for has been a costly mistake. Instead of a life with Jesus, they've gone after something else. And so they quickly realize it doesn't live up to the expectations. It's not what they thought. And it doesn't fulfill the way that they anticipated. It's not what they truly needed. And, and even if there was a few, you know, few highlights and it was a little bit fun for a while or it was somewhat rewarding momentarily, ultimately, whatever that is, success, power, money, fill in the blank, whatever it is you know, for you and your past or, or somebody right now thinking about this, it's ultimately, it's, it's not worth trusting in or relying on for the long haul. Anything other than Jesus is not a franchise quarterback. It's not worth, you know, uh, building around, right? And, and so um, you, you can read the devotional for, for more, uh, but, but I, I did use uh, this, this verse in Romans, uh, use the message translation, um, but, but it basically says, talking about people just kind of giving into unrighteousness, they traded the glory of God who holds the whole world in his hands for cheap figurines you can buy at any roadside stand. So, you know, essentially, you know, idols. So are we chasing idols and anything else that, that we use to, 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 to supplement or, or replace God and Jesus and, and who we ultimately need and long for in the deepest longings of our soul? That's who we need to trade up for. And that's the only, Jesus is the only one worth truly trading up for and, and surrendering all, giving up everything to go get him, to follow him, to, to select him, to choose him, to, to chase after him, to pursue him. Uh, a lot of different ways to, to look at it. And, and so thankfully, God's grace covers us from our previous bad trades and welcomes us with open arms. And so today, let's make him our franchise quarterback because we can trust in him and rely on him for the long haul, the long haul. So Luke, what are you trading up for? What did you have to trade up for to, to, to get Jesus? Um, how, how does this, this resonate for you? Well, you know, sports-wise, trading up is tremendous. The Mavs traded up for, for Luca, So uh, we That's right. traded a first-round pick, and uh, we sent Trey Young to Atlanta, and Luca made his way to Dallas, and that's been absolutely tremendous. Um, no, but this is a great reminder, and I think in the cultural moment we're in right now in our country, it is there seems to be many people are trying to make a deal with secular culture on, yeah, I'll have a little bit of culture, uh, and but I'll maintain a little bit of Jesus. And a, a lot of people are trying to make a compromise where we can have both. So either to cho- either to chase comfort, either either to prevent um, ridicule, some form of persecution, uh, however you want to define that. Uh, but the the witness of Scripture 
is clear. Following Jesus does not entail any sort of compromise with the world. Mm. You either live by a spirit or you live in the flesh. You know, this in a church on Sunday, uh, my pastor was preaching. We're going through First Peter right now, and I think this relates um, talking about First Peter four talks about living the rest of our lives since you know since we're in Christ, live the rest of our lives no longer for the human passions, but for the will of God. The will of God in First Peter four is directly contrasted with human passions, and then verse four talks about people will be surprised. Why are you not participating in the sin you once did? Mm. Well, it's because I'm in Christ, and the will of God is directly opposed to the passions of the flesh, the passions of the world. So as we, as followers of Jesus, and in myself, I have to look inward, in what areas am I trying to compromise? In what areas am I not fully pursuing the will of God, pursuing godliness, and I'm trying to hold on to a little bit of uh, the world? Because that's tempting, and and you gotta certainly trade, you got to trade, trade that away. Yeah, we got to trade, trade that, that away. away. And yes, we're not going to be perfect. There's always, I mean, for the rest of our lives, God's growing us. He's sanctifying us by His grace to become more and more like Christ. But that process is, like you're saying, trading away the desires uh, and the motives of the world, and receiving and pursuing after godliness. There, there can be no compromise. You have to trade it away. So that's a good reminder for me because you know, again, I. Every day, all right, God, will you just show me ways that I'm compromising? Will you show me areas I have got to trade? Uh, I've got to trade away worldly desires and receive godliness and pursue godliness. Amen. Amen. And you know, ultimately, I, I probably do a whole devotion on this, but but Jesus being that that franchise cornerstone that that we build our our life around and and on and and with. Um, and so whatever it takes to, to, to whatever we got to let go of, whatever we got to trade to get him and to live life with him and for him and, and to have the, him as our foundation. Um, that's what, that's what these, I mean, these NFL teams, they're looking for that at the quarterback position, but we're all looking at that for, for ourselves in our own lives. And we think that other things will do that, that will give us that fulfillment, that satisfaction, that, you know, that it's worth chasing and, and pursuing and, and going all in at, at work, which we, of course, we work hard and we go all in to a certain extent, but that's not the end all be all where we, we sacrifice everything else to get our job or to get mm-hmm. success. Um, no, we, we trade whatever the, the world is, is telling us so that we can get Jesus and what he's saying and what, where he's leading us and guiding us. We go with him uh, and, and whatever else we have to trade uh, is, is, is part of the deal, but well worth it, but absolutely. Yeah. And that, well uh, worth it. that cornerstone, that that's important. I think it's easy to unintentionally build around ourselves. I mean, scripture's clear by no means are we any type of franchise player to be built around. We are born Gosh. with a sin nature. We crave sin in our own strength. We pursue sin with everything in us and God rescues us uh, and gives us his Holy spirit and makes us more like Christ. Mm. So to build, if we're building around something or around someone, it is Christ. We are united in Christ, um, but it's easy, especially in in United States, where yeah, you got Christ over here, your life as a Christian, your life in the local church, and then you got your job over here, you got your sports over here, you got your friendships over here, 
I mean, that's not even close to what the biblical witness is. The witness of Scripture is you are in Christ, you are a son of God, that is what you are built around, and that filters into everything. That decides everything. I'm a Christian, okay, that extends into my marriage. I'm a Christian, that extends into my job. I'm a Christian, that extends into uh, my hobbies. We are built around our identity in Christ and not around ourselves. But again, preaching to myself here, we have to be aware of how are we building around ourselves? Are we making ourselves the Mm. franchise player and Mm. then we have Christ on the side? Mm. Because that is a very dangerous way to live uh, and it's not it's not what scripture calls us to. Well said. So we'll end it right there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the devotional to receive kind of more content along those lines in email form Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then each Monday here on the podcast uh, on the live podcast. We do uh, unpack this uh, and appreciate your comments. I, I see some of those coming through. So, so good stuff uh, from from Henry on the back end as well as Shannon and uh, Dalton as well. So good, good stuff from you guys. Appreciate it. All right. So, um, so let's trade, let's trade up. Let's trade up for, for Jesus today. That's the, come on, trade up for him. I, uh, cheesy, Dalton, the cheesy liner today for you, but I Dalton it's, it's texted impactful. me. Uh, he was like, man, is, uh, are we comparing Patrick Mahomes to Jesus? And I'm like, Oh, come on. Just an analogy here. Uh, analogy, he's a big, baby. he's a big chiefs fan. So, uh, I thought that you're speaking his love <laughs> language this morning. Well, those are those are the positive examples. So uh, of trading up. Now I'm curious. I am curious to see what teams do it. And one of the teams I'm most fascinated to see what they do in this draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because anytime your franchise quarterback moves on, and same with the Atlanta Falcons as well. You know, Matt Ryan moving on, Ben Roethlisberger moving on. What do they do? What do the Tampa Bay Bucks do? Even um, do they do they snag a quarterback? They took Kyle Trask last year. Do they buy into him? Speaking of Blaine Gabbert, they still have Blaine Gabbert yeah. around. Do they buy into either of those guys? Because if I'm Todd Bowles and I want to keep keep this job moving forward, I better have a quarterback in place yeah. after Tom Brady to a certain extent so they can keep the momentum going. Because we but already know better, Brady's uh, yeah. he's on, he's either on the way out to retire or he's on his way to Miami, one, one way or the other. <laughs> I mean, if you're a young quarterback, what better person to learn behind? We saw Mahomes, okay, de- we saw Mahomes benefit from learning behind Alex Smith for a year. I think Kyle Trask has tremendous talent. Uh, watched him a lot at Florida. Uh, by no means do I want to sound like some NFL scout guru, but you know he's a young guy that two years behind Tom Brady. I think that's worth giving him a shot. Said to your point, Todd Bowles, yeah, develop these guys because uh, you know Brady, whether he's on his way to Miami or out of the league, he's on his way out of Tampa somewhat soon. That's right. Yeah. So I'm fascinated by that. And then I'm also fascinated by the teams that have veteran quarterbacks, kind of like Tom Brady, too. Will they go get a quarterback? Even like the Colts, they get Matt Ryan, but then will they go get a, a backup quarterback? And and then teams that are kind of not convinced, like the Panthers at six, will they will they get somebody that early? Will they be able to trade back? Uh, Seattle, of course, what are they going to do? Um, so, so a lot of intriguing... Uh, you know, trade up possibilities, trade down possibilities surrounding the quarterback position. And then the other big NFL topic that I'll be curious to see if it infiltrates the draft is the current state of NFL wide receivers and their unhappiness with their contracts. This to me is pretty fascinating. And my opinion is 
I'm not spending big money on wide receivers. If I'm an NFL franchise, I'm saying, all right, see ya. Thanks for coming. Have fun. If I, The Chiefs might take a slight step back this year, but in the long run, they're going to be fine without Tyree Kill. And they'll probably draft somebody to replace Tyree Kill, and Mahomes will get him the ball, and that wide receiver will become a star. Or, or one of these other guys that have been there the last couple of years will step up and, and emerge. And the Packers, like, they still need to get somebody else to, to go along with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. That's probably not enough. But ultimately, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll, he'll find somebody to throw to. Who was yeah. Robert Tunyon? They made Robert Tunyon at least a, a somewhat legit tight end. He's coming back, too. And, and so Debo Samuel, he had a great year in San Francisco. But I'm not, I'm not giving up everything for Debo Samuel. I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not. And, and if I'm the, the Washington commandos, I'm, I'm not doing that with Terry McLaurin. Give me a break. Terry yeah. McLaurin's not leading me to the playoffs. And, and who else? There's one other guy that is wanting more. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, dude, you're awesome. Like, you could carry a whole defense <laughs> into the end zone for three games a year. I mean, where were you the rest of the way? You were so sitting on, is, the bench yeah. on my fantasy team. For, I was about to say, for those listening, there's some scar tissue from this past fantasy season for Bryce and A.J. Brown, who yeah. missed unbelievable amounts of games. Oh. So I, this, is, this is a fascinating point, because now it, it seems to be the majority of opinion, the majority of NFL fans are okay saying, you know what, we don't need to pay running backs big dollars. I, you know, a few years ago, it was, wait, are you serious? But it seems to be most people are okay with saying that on, hey, plug and play a running back that can do a little bit of everything. They can pass block. They can catch the ball to the backfield. You don't need a bell cow to get 40 carries. Um, and But now the conversation, is it changing to, okay, well, how much do you need to really pay wide receivers? Like we're really getting into the conversation of what are the must-have valuable positions? Obviously, quarterback. Quarterback decides everything in this league um and offensive line yes on the offensive side you need quarterback and offensive line and i don't know to pay i saw i I saw some number reading today on samuel potentially wants 25 million dollars a year are you kidding me no he he no he was great he's tremendous debo samuel is absolutely tremendous but to pigeonhole yourself into not being able to pay, not being able to put together an offensive line or other important positions to pay a receiver who Colin Coward, your boy, says is just icing on the cake. It's not the actual that's cake. It. It's just the icing. That's it. That's difficult. Yeah. I No, I, I, that's, that, that's how I feel. And, you know, if, if you're the, the Raiders who got Devontae Adams, you know, they needed something to get them, them over the hump. And 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 to 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 see if you can get Derek Carr to the next level, to to complement Hunter Renfro, who's actually one of the top wide oh, receivers anyway. I had him in fantasy, and he was tremendous every week. And he he plays. He he doesn't miss games. So so to me, Derek Carr isn't an elite quarterback. So you may need that wide receiver. So maybe I'm I'm going against myself. I'm trying to argue the other side maybe a little bit. So if I'm Derek Carr, if I if I'm the Raiders and you, you're trying to give Derek Carr another weapon, all right. I kind of understand that. Miami with Tua, all right, maybe you got to give him Tyree Kill. But if I'm but if I'm in the situation like the Packers and the Chiefs, yeah, I don't think I don't know if I need I don't need to spend all the money on the wide receivers. I, I just don't. 
And and I I'm very high on tight ends. I I would spend money on tight ends, um, because there there's only a few elite ones. So if you get one, you keep them and you pay them what you need to. So I was see I was reading something today that this year's tight end class in the draft actually isn't as strong. So might we might have to wait a little while to see somebody drafted, uh, which is interesting because last year Kyle Pitts went what fourth overall uh, to to Atlanta. So um, so anyway, so curious to see if any of those those wide receivers that I mentioned. McLaurin, McLaurin, um, AJ Brown or Debo happen to get traded in the draft. It's possible, probably unlikely, but it's possible. So that, that'll be interesting. All right. I want to switch gears a little bit and, and get into some college basketball. And then we'll go quickly back to uh, the NFL. Actually, we still got to get our MediShare moment of the week as well. So we got a lot to get to. Busy a lot to day cover. here on, at the end of April. Last week, when the news broke that Villanova's Jay Wright was retiring from college basketball, to me, this is a huge story because the fact that Roy Williams retired surprisingly last year for, for Carolina, Coach K got his farewell tour, and then Jay Wright kind of bookends it by, by all of a sudden they just go to the Final Four, and then he's out, and he's only 60 years old. I mean, I, in, I, any, in any sport, have we lost three legends, three legendary coaches like that in a, in no a two-year span? No way. I don't know if that's ever happened. Uh, no. I mean, it's, it, it is crazy. And, you know, to, to think, think about Coach K at 75, he held on basically as long as he could. Unreal. Jim Beheim is still hanging on. Um, and, and so, Jay Wright, to, to basically retire early than what we would have expected mm-hmm. is, is just a, a blow to college basketball. But it is making people ask a lot of questions and consider, okay, why? What is the future of college ba- basketball? And and just the fact that he was so burned out. And and the reality. Now I'm knocking things over in the studio. I'm having a tough time today. Um, I need to go back to Boone and and, and stay up there for a while. Um, right. One more continental breakfast. That's right. I got to get another another omelet that's been uh, free. <laughs> you're actually probably you're actually probably experiencing the the delayed effects of having frozen omelets. Some, something's off in your body. I know. Gosh. So, but, but for, for Jay Wright to get that burned out, what, what other coaches will this, this happen to, you know, the, the, the pressure and the way things are changing so rapidly in college basketball, you're trying to keep up. You're trying to understand how your philosophies fit in the ever changing landscape of college basketball. You know, does your boy Bill self, how long does he hang on? Like who's, who's next? Uh, Is this a trend or was it really just Jay Wright? And he, he went, he went all in, he went hard, had a great run, a couple championships, another final four run. And then, all right, that's it. So a lot of questions. It just, uh, yeah. to me, I, I was caught off guard. I it, like came across my phone. I was like, wait, what? I had to like research it. Like, wait, did, when did this happen? What, how is this? What is going on? Well, so Bizarre. here's, here's, I, I, I was talking to, so at, at A&M when I worked for the uh, sports media company, Texags, um, one of the guys there used to coach uh, on smaller college basketball levels. He said that recruiting is brutal. Recruiting is absolutely brutal in college sports. And but the but recruiting is has been taken to another level in college sports now. Not only do you have to recruit players to your school, you have to figure out how to keep them because they can be gone. Now you have to figure out NIL stuff, which is great for the players, but that's just another dynamic as a coach. How do I make my program beneficial to players to make money? How do I prevent my players from transferring? I'm now recruiting players from other schools because the rules are set up that way. To be a coach, 
I mean, that is Man. that's brutal. So for Jay Wright, yeah, he's he retired sooner than we expected, but he's still sixty years old, and it's I don't know. It, maybe the coaching yeah, lifespan, maybe the Good coaching lifespan is going to go down because it's no longer just recruiting players at a high school. It's keeping them. It's all it's it's wild. It is now on the positive side. It also seems like what we had hoped would happen yep. is actually happening in college basketball. Guys are coming back to school. Yes. Not everyone. Still plenty of guys that are going to enter their name into the draft, and a lot of those guys will be first-rounders. Many of them will be disappointed because they're going to go undrafted. They're going to fall to the second round. They're going to end up in the G League, Trevor Keels. And, and so <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And so we'll see you. But – you know, if you can't start on, on Duke, I don't, how are you going to play in the NBA? That's what I want to know. So if you're Trevor Keels and you're coming off the bench, you're going to the G League. So, you know, he probably didn't have a spot even on Duke's roster this coming year. So he, to me, he should have transferred. The, the reality is these guys see the value now in coming back because they can get a little NIL money. And a team like Carolina bringing all their boys back. Caleb Love announced today or yesterday yep. um, that he's coming back to Carolina. Baycott's back. Hunter so, Dickinson from Michigan is coming huge, back. Huge for them. So how do you feel about this? And, and when you think back over the years, who are some of your favorite players that have stuck around and yeah. adding to kind of the, the history of guys that, that, that end up having great college careers because they choose to stick around for multiple years. You can be a college legend by staying. Yeah, so this just makes college basketball so much better. And I realize, you know, the percentage of one and dones to the percentage of players who stay, I mean, it's a small percentage. But college basketball, in, in one sense, was starting to seem like it was just it was just a, a one-year leap pad to the NBA. Like, in one sense, it was just a G League for, for a lot of these guys. But for college basketball to return to – now, it'll never return to what it used to be in, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. But – when players are staying for multiple years, three, four years, college basketball has the integrity of being its own sport, and it's separate from the NBA, which is fantastic. So if you have not, if you have ESPN Plus, and you have not seen the ACC, the ten-part ACC basketball documentary on the ACC tournament, I mean, this may be bold, but I think it is. It blows the Last Dance documentary out of the water. That is and bold. I'm a basketball junkie, but this ACC tournament documentary is unbelievable. It is so rich. But to see players, it was different. Coaches would recruit players at a high school, and they'd get four years out of them. And these players, like you said, would become legends, like learning about Art Heyman at Duke, seeing Ralph Sampson play four years at Virginia, be three-time player of the year. Like You get to fall in love with these guys' stories. They get to become legends in a way that one-and-done players could never be. And so as a basketball fan, I love that players are starting to stay. So for Kansas, because I'm a Jayhawk fan, two players that come to mind. What Danny Manning, one of the best four-year players ever, 1988, led the Jayhawks to the national championship. But recently— You, you loved that run. You were going nuts during that run, weren't you? <laughs> Man, I was going the the pre the preconceived Luke was uh yeah. was going. Yeah, nice. you're really into that Danny Manning run. That's right. Yeah, there you go. But recently, two guys: Devonte Graham, Frank Mason. Two guys Ooh. that you know, Frank Mason hasn't 
really carved himself out much of an NBA career. Devontae Graham, role player. But that's okay. You're not a failure if you don't become an NBA legend. You To be a college legend is, is a success, a huge success. So for Devontae Graham and Frank Mason to stay for as long as they did at KU, they're legends forever. I don't care anything about their NBA career. You cannot knock what they did in college. And that is so fun. It's way better that way. You didn't even mention Nick Collison and Kirk Heinrich. Those two guys were other guys. Yeah. That was was during my heyday when I was really into college basketball. Those those guys were awesome. Um, They ended up having decent NBA careers as well. But for me, if the Duke guy, I mean, JJ Redick, when he played four years, was, was remarkable. And I tell you what, he is a rising star in broadcasting. JJ Redick yes. is phenomenal on TV. Whether you're a Duke fan or not, he is he is bringing it to the NBA. Yeah, they they did, needed a guy like this. Kendra Perkin, yeah. I, I've grown on as well. Oh, uh, I wouldn't go that he's, far. He's yes. grown on me. I've grown on him. He's grown on me. Um, that's weird to say, but uh, but JJ, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all in. He's awesome because well, he's real. Like, yeah, he of, is. None of us, at least I don't know. You and me don't buy into the the fluff the the crazy we're clickbait headlines we're talking about nonsense jj knows the game and actually is saying real things with substance which is yeah, so cool. refreshing yeah i love it all right let's uh let's jump into our metashare moment of the week and we'll, we'll talk a little baseball we don't talk a ton of baseball on the unpacking it podcast but uh but maybe as the playoffs come around uh, we'll be able to do that and, and in the middle of the summer as well. But this needs mentioning, and I'm sure you, you've heard it by now, but Miguel Cabrera hitting his 3,000th hit. Absolutely remarkable. And the company that he joins with the fact that he's got 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, and a, a 300 batting average, him, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron. Unreal I mean, are you kidding company. me? And, and even the fact that only 33 players that have, have ever hit 3,000 uh, hits, have had 3,000 hits, is, is remarkable. He's the seventh player to have 500 home runs and 3,000 hits. Um, and and so, uh, so, yeah, just you go down the list, and it's just remarkable how, how he fits into these unique categories. Um, I guess you throw in the 300 batting average, it's even better. So talk about Aaron Mays and Cabrera. But what, what jumps out to me, too, with this is – He's not on that level of recognition and for the average sports fan to be talking about, you know, Miggy and, and I, I just don't, I don't hear enough about him. Uh, he has won a, a, a world series with uh, Florida. I guess it was the Florida Marlins. Marlins yeah. Um, wasn't the Miami. I think it was the Florida Marlins. They were, they went by that then, but, but just, you know, he, he's not necessarily a, a legend like we have recognizable superstars. And it's just fascinating to me. That, that he could slip through the cracks that way. Um, but the credit that he gets for accomplishing this, uh, so the MetaShare moment of the week goes to Miguel Cabrera. Uh, we're brought to you by MetaShare. Uh, check out MetaShare.com slash unpacking it to find out if they're the right fit for you and your family. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so it's innovative healthcare. Uh, for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. So there you go, Miguel Cabrera. Let's uh, let's bring on uh, Henry. We're going to skip tap drill because I want to do a little more NFL draft talk as we as we wrap things up. 
And I'm curious with, with the giants, uh, they're on the clock and they, they traded out last year in order for the bears to be able to draft Justin Fields. And, and so what's also fascinating and Henry's a giants fan. Um, and then for, for my, my Panthers being in the mix, but then also the reality that there are eight teams with multiple picks in the first round. So, of course, the Eagles are, are in the mix on that as well. What will they do? Will, will these any, any picks get packaged, like we were talking about earlier, to trade up? So what will that look like for, for teams as well? Um, so, so many different, different storylines. You know, how will we respond as fans to, uh, you know, it's not as exciting at the top of the draft. We're going to see most likely some defensive players, some offensive linemen, multiple guys going in the top 10. Um, not necessarily quarterback heavy like we saw last year. Top three picks were all quarterbacks. Uh, and then Fields came shortly after that. Mac Jones came shortly after that. Doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this year. Um, so, Henry, good to see you, man. How are you doing? And how are you feeling about your uh, your Giants heading into the draft? What's going on, boys? Now, <clears throat> it's very interesting that the Giants have two of the two of the top ten picks. They have number five and number seven. And Bryce's uh, Carolina Panthers have number six, so they're right in the middle. So everything kind of hinges on what happens first. Now, it's what what the interesting thing about the draft is that when the draft season started, we heard of Kayvon Thibodeau being number one. Then we heard Evan Neal being number one. Then we had for a while Aiden Hutchinson being number one. Now word comes out to today that uh, Georgia's Trayvon Walker is going to be considered number one. Wow. So it's amazing to see exactly what's going to happen. And each of the teams that you mentioned, Bryce, uh, the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets are all as a matter of fact, we were talking about it earlier. They're all considering trading down because the guys that they want, they don't want to pay. Like, for example, the Giants will have no problem taking alignment at number five, but they're not they don't want to pay big bucks to a to a, a defensive end at number seven. And so they're interested in trading back. But none of the teams want to trade up because they want to let everything fall back to them, i.e. Luke's Dallas Cowboys. So yeah. it's interesting to see what they what they do. But if the Giants are to stand pat, the word is, is that they're going to go offensive linemen and defensive linemen, depending on how it shakes out. So you could see a defensive lineman at seven. You could see uh, a DB at seven. They were talking about Sauce Gardner being at number seven there's even a possibility of taking a wide receiver at number seven i'm not too sure why that would work but um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the dominoes uh how the dominoes fall right after number one and now you guys were talking about trading up and trading down there is an average according to espn there's an average of about six trades per draft Hmm. so it'll be interesting to see what teams start wheeling and dealing and who decides to stamp at well, so from an entertainment perspective, you know, I like watching the NFL draft. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm a diehard for rounds three, four, five, six, seven, but <laughs> the draft is at its best when there's chaos and when there's trades. So for there to be eight teams with two first round picks right now, it's guaranteed chaos. So I'm going to tune in. And I, I can't wait to hear the little jingle. This yes, just did. Love trade the jingle. just happened. It's just going to go wild in ways we can't predict. 
So I'm excited. I think that's going to be very entertaining. All right. So we may have thought about this last year, but who do you guys watch during the draft? So there are multiple options for draft coverage. You got the NFL network and you got ESPN. Uh, apparently Mel Kuyper is on, he's at home. He's in his home studio this year. So he won't even home be studio. at the draft. Um, COVID. How related. old is he? So, in, in, I know he's, he's been doing 40 80. years. Like, how is he yeah. not 110 years old? That's what, and for someone born in 1997 to always hear Mel Kuyper, like I've only known yeah. Mel Kuyper, but it, it, it feels like he's got to be over a hundred. Like, how can you do the NFL draft for that long? And what's up with his hair? His hair looks the same. Like, he's got the most volume of any hair <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Tremendous volume. All that time. Maybe that's why he's not coming to the draft. He, he doesn't want to give away the secret. He's, how, how he's doing his hair at these later stages. I don't know. I will say, Bryce, if you didn't go the hardcore slicked back, you could have Mel Kuyper volume. Because, again, to reiterate, your hat, your bedhead, I mean, it, it has so much volume that if you tamed it, you could be Mel, Mel Kuyper 2.0. What a character. What a character. I thought, he um, would, I thought Bryce would always, if he slicked it back, would always have the Pat Riley look. But that's true. It's my ultimate very, slick back. I'm very strategic. I got it. I can't, you got to go to the side a little bit. You can't go straight back. You can't, I can't be that guy. Very, very intentional about that. There's, There's been the, a few instances where I'm like, ooh, a little too, too Pat Riley-ish. I can't do that. Who was the Giants coach recent, in the past couple oh, of years? McAdoo. That, ben oh, McAdoo. Ultimate slick back. Yeah, he's got ben the Pat McAdoo. Riley going on. And now that he's – isn't he back now as the Panthers OC now? He sure is. And, and you saw sure what is. he did. Yeah, it's it's he's Whoa. he's a he's a character. He's, a, he's <laughs> his own character. He is That's, he uh, is a definite character. I'll be watching the NFL Network. Uh, Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah, who's an App State grad, love him. He's a former guest on the show. I, I'm unpacking it. Um, and then they've got Charles Davis, so they got a good crew. I like I like yeah, what they do. Yeah. Um, versus ESPN's got Greenberg, Booger McFarlane, and gosh, one other guy. Oof. Along with Piper. Oh, oh, I like Lewis Riddick. I, I'm fine with Lewis Riddick, but that's their crew. So I'll, I'll be watching NFL Network. So, so you, uh, you like Lewis Riddick for a draft, but not Monday Night Football. He's okay on Monday Night Football, but I just rather watch the Manning brothers. So true. Well, and that's, he's done anyway. We got Troy Aikman now, so we don't have to worry I, I think about we it. Got, yeah. we got, I think we're getting a little bit too much of Greeny. We got Greeny Overload. He's on Overload. He's got he's on Get Up. He's on his own radio show that sometimes goes this, on TV. Yeah. And now he's on the NBA countdown. He does that with uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith and Wilbon and Jalen. And now he's on the NFL. Now he's doing the NFL draft. I grew up with Greeny when we did Mike and Mike. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Greeny fan, but I'm thinking we got a little too much Greeny this year. So this is yeah. this is another topic we can talk more about in another day. But how is that a sustainable lifestyle? Oof. Like, so even in my limited experience planning a radio show I, I guess hosted a few times in college like that to do that five days a week just a radio show and bryce with all the radio shows you did that's tiring but to do get up then greeny after and then all of his other stuff how do you have a life i just yeah. don't get it no i don't either I, yeah why you want to stay up doing the nba coverage and then getting up get up for get up yeah that seems that seems to be too much and it's really not fair to us as viewers 
because he's not, he can't, he can't possibly give his best to each oh, of those things. No chance. You know, you know, think about Ernie Johnson and those guys, like they're all in on inside the NBA. That's why they do so well. Now, Ernie does baseball and, and other you know, college basketball and all that, but it's all separate. It's not going on at the same time. They're all in. And that's why it's such a great show. They always try to recreate on, on ESPN. They always try to have a show as good as inside the NBA. Well, it, it won't be that, that way if you've got no. Stephen A. Smith who does first take. He's got Stephen A. World. He's got a million other things. And I love Mike Wilbon on a PTI every day. Just focus on PTI. It's a great show. Make it a great show. Yeah. You don't have to also see him everywhere else too. So, yeah. I, yeah it's, then, it's, I was watching – you brought up J.J. Redick. I was watching one of their pregame shows, Greeny, J.J., and Stephen A., and Jalen Rose – and it just turns into a yelling contest. Like these guys can't possibly have enough room to be able to prepare for all this stuff. So Stephen A, he just you just get him yelling, and it's um, people are entertained by that. But it's like no, let's, I want to have like real stuff where you guys actually can focus on this. It just yeah. it cannot be sustainable. Yep. So we we do the unpacking the podcast the, the the live show Monday. So we're all in. We give you we give you a. A good effort on 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 Mondays, and then we got the the guest interviews throughout the week as well. So that's right. Um, so we uh, try to try to de- deliver on that. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed today's show. Uh, any any last uh, draft thoughts from from either one of you guys? Something you're looking for heading in? Oh, I don't know. I'm just hoping for chaos again. I love the chaos. chaos. Give me crazy trades. Absolutely. If the if the Giants don't draft a uh, a lineman. In uh, in the first round, I'm going to be a Jets fan for the year. That's how bad Ooh, it's gotten. Yikes! Yikes! So I'm, I'm I'm hoping the Panthers draft a lineman as well. I think a left tackle is is crucial. So, um, that would be my my first choice. And if they can snag, they got to snag a quarterback at some point. So so we'll see we'll see about that. But I'm still a I little think, little salty I, about passing on Justin Fields last year. I think I honestly think. The Panthers should go. The Panthers should be the ones to get Malik Willis. That's my feeling. That if early, gosh. If, if you if you're gonna go if you're gonna go big and if you like the guy, go get him. Let him let him sit behind Sam Donald for a year. Panthers. What's, should just what's go, the worst that could happen? Panthers should go do the Jerry Jones way in Dallas and just make a splash move for the headlines. Panthers. They should trade for Debo Samuel. Bring in Debo. <laughs> pay him thirty million a year. Get in the headlines. Let's get some more revenue in the Panthers front office. That's what well, I would love to see. Well, you could well well you'll get bang for your buck because he could play running back and he could play wide receiver. He could probably play tight end if you let him. That's right. Yeah. Him and McCaffrey can do it all. But yeah, I don't know where Debo ends up, but that, we'll see. I, Jets uniform. They've got a good yeah, because Jets are willing to go all in on him. But San Francisco, they can run the ball almost with anybody. But Eli Mitchell's a legit running back. He's he did a nice job last but year. The he's, Niners, he's they think they can win a Super Bowl with this roster, probably. So why yeah. would you trade your best weapon? That's interesting. We'll yeah, see. I'm fascinated we'll by see. it for sure. We'll see, boys. All right, guys, enjoyed it. Thanks to everybody for listening live. Those of you that listen to the podcast later, uh, shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Love hearing from you. And we will be back, Lord willing, next Monday to recap the draft and, and all the NBA playoff action as well. Series, actually, the second round, I think, will have begun for a couple teams uh, by then as well. So we'll, we'll have some fun with that. But I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. 
I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Let's trade up for him. That's the message for today. Have a great one. Thanks so much for joining us right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.